This is the North Carolina Fusion Podcast. Brought to you by Wake Forest Baptist Health. Thank you for joining us on the North Carolina Fusion Podcast. My name is Scott Wallaston and I serve as the Executive Director for the North Carolina Fusion. Today we will be switching things up a bit. Instead of me interviewing someone, I will be interviewed by Chad Hansen, an NC Fusion board member, parent of players in our club, and a participant in our adult leagues. Chad will ask me questions about what's going on with the club, the impact of COVID, and give you an opportunity to meet me if you haven't already. I hope you enjoy. Welcome everybody to the North Carolina Fusion podcast. This week we're gonna uh, change things up a bit. Normally I am the person who is interviewing someone, but today we have uh, Chad Hansen here who's gonna be interviewing me and give you an opportunity to learn a little bit about what's going on right now with the club, um, how COVID has impacted things, and some other questions that Chad's just gonna fire at me. So uh, Chad's a board member um, on our NC Fusion board, um, has been for a while, and also is an attorney in the area and uh, has had kids in the program and has been a participant in the adult league when his knees and ankles are healthy, right? <laughs> yeah, same for you as well. Yes, yeah, right? that's very true. Yeah, so thanks well, for uh, interviewing me, um, and uh, hopefully uh, people will learn a lot from this. Yeah, thanks for having me here today, Scott. I think this will be a great opportunity for the club to go ahead and hear what's going on uh, as they kind of, with their family, struggle through COVID and changes. We're going to talk about a lot of those things, and also an opportunity just to get to kind of know you better, hear a little bit about what your heart is, uh, for the club, for youth sport, and talk through those things as well. So a great opportunity uh, for that. So as we get going, I think, um, you know, what are some things, you've been around the club for 15 years now. So mm-hmm. how did you get to this place? How did you get involved in youth sport? Mm-hmm. Um, I think people would like to know that. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Pennsylvania, uh, played soccer, tennis, cross country as a kid. Um, soccer was definitely my main sport. Um, moved to North Carolina when I went to play college soccer at Elon University. Um, played for several years before uh, my knees pretty much gave up on me. I had four four ACL tears, uh, which most people would say is terrible, but at the same time, uh, it really led to the opportunity to begin coaching. And um, Mike Riley, who was my college coach, who now works for us here at Fusion and has for many years, um, actually asked me to coach his son's team in Burlington. And uh, that was really my first opportunity to coach a club team. Started getting involved in the youth soccer scene in the triad. Um, That was around 2001 or so. And uh, just really have been involved in a bit of everything uh, in terms of um, indoor facilities, uh, every level of programming from recreation to challenge to classic and some elite levels at times. Um, And really my connection to the club was, um, again, I got the opportunity to coach for Twin City back in uh, 2005. Paul Forrester, who was here at the time, um, was kind enough to let me um, have the opportunity to coach and uh, have had some fantastic experiences. Um, I've had some tough experiences with uh, with teams and kids and parents and all the things that go into it, but um, I feel like uh, it's been an ongoing process of improving as a coach and um, sort of took a um, little detour and started more into the administrative side of the club, which I've really, I've really enjoyed. And that part of that, the impetus behind that was a lot to do with family. Um, you know, as a, as a coach, as most people know, it's a weird schedule. It's a, you know, people think they don't do anything necessarily during the day, but most of the day you're planning and emailing and communicating 
then you show up at the field at night and you're at the field till 9.30 at night and um, then you're at the field all weekend and it's as much as some people think it's not year-round, it's pretty year-round, and which made it really, um, which was hard. Um, and so I, um, my my wife and I got married in 2008. Um, we actually were introduced by a soccer family. Yeah. Uh, there was a parent on the on a team that I was coaching who had a preseason team party. Said, "Do you have a girlfriend?" And I said, "No." And, That's awkward, but no. Yeah, no, I don't. Are you? In? No. <laughs> no, she. Um, so she was their babysitter. So we met at the uh, field at Heim Park. Um, and interestingly, interestingly enough, and. Uh, you know, after a couple of years of marriage, it was just it was hard to be able to start a family and, and have that type of schedule. So had the opportunity to get involved on the administrative side, which uh, again I've really in, enjoyed being a part of that. And now, as my kids have started to grow, six and eight years old, been able to start coaching them, which has been um, you know it makes me just think about the whole journey all over again and gets back to the root of of why we're doing this to begin with, and which has been um, really great, and I've really really enjoyed that. Well, a lot has changed in youth sport over the last 15 years since you've mm-hmm. been here, both with our club and just generally into the way that youth sports are, are, are administered and organized. What are some ways over the last 15 years that you've seen some big developments in mm-hmm. uh, what we're doing in youth sports? Because a lot of families, you could have somebody that just joined last sure. year or two years ago and you don't have kind of a perspective yeah. historically. Yeah, that's, that's a great question and, and pretty... I would say uh, complicated. Um, I think the biggest, you know, some of the changes that have happened. One is that, um, you know, we we witnessed from a probably about 2001 through 2011 this surge in in youth sport participation. I think, um, you know, at that time I was really focused more on soccer than anything else. But I think there was just a real um, drive. A lot of people wanted to play and they wanted to play at the highest level and get to the top and just more and more and more and more. And I think um, somewhere around that 2012-13 time, um, I think a little bit of perspective set in and um, we started to see a little bit of plateauing in participation. Um, and with with that has come, you know, why did that happen? What's going on? You know, you start to hear more studies, early specialization, and um, it not being fun anymore, and parents are the problem, or uh, poor coaching techniques, or whatever it may be. There's a lot of research that shows what went wrong, what's still going wrong, what we need to do to improve it. But I think that all of the all of the information that's coming out is just informing our future and how we need to operate as a as a youth sports club which is which is why some of the changes have taken place i mean um i think as a club um it's one of the reasons why we have become a sports club and not just a soccer program because we realized that we had a great platform to be able to offer sport and deliver on our mission through other sports that perhaps needed a boost, perhaps needed some of the organization or facilities. They had the expertise in the particular sport, but we were able to come alongside them and and, and lead them. And I think also um, kids started to get the opportunity to play other sports, you know, and and we've realized that, look, if if you want to play at the highest level, um, at some point in time, you probably do need to specialize a bit in that sport. Um, but we have found that um, kids, in the grand scheme of things, we want kids playing multiple sports too because it's good for them in many different ways. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's been one, I would say, the biggest evolution. I would also say 
it's evolved um, the mindset around sport. Um, I think all these, you know, the horror stories that you hear about, you know, you sp- the problems in your sports. And again, I go back to, you know, parents are the problem. Or it's not fun anymore. It's too competitive. All the, like, there's a lot of truth in all of those things, but it's not one answer. It is a multitude of things that we can do in our community to improve the quality of the experience for, for kids. And we're really working hard to do that. We have been working hard. It doesn't always manifest itself in every team, with every kid and every family, but there are, there are very intentional efforts going on right now not just in our club, but even in the triad to improve that overall experience. And I think that um, I'm not I'm not at all saying this as like as a brag or anything, but there are very few people that are involved in a organization, a youth sports organization, for longer than about the cycle of their kid. So now going on 15 years in this, I'm not an expert. But I've seen several cycles of, of kids right. and trends, and um, I'm watching new trends coming into play, and therefore I'm trying my best to learn from others and, and guide our club towards the future, towards what we say we do and how we do it. So um, I know it's a little bit of it's a, it's a big picture yeah. thing, but um, it's important that a family who's joining right now, like you, you said, that first time they don't maybe not know the history of our club from you know Greensboro and Twin City and Winston and Kernersville and High Point and all the area along with all the different sports. They don't know all that history, but what I hope they would hear from this is that we've learned a lot from that history. There's been a lot of good that's come out of that, but there's a lot of learning tools that have come from it and we're hoping to make it better into the future. Well, there's lots of ways that we can follow up with that question. You've talked about multi-sport. We've talked about, uh, I think, alluded to a closer relationship between Twins and Goosa and the fusion Mm -hmm. entity. So let's just start with Mm -hmm. multi-sport. You know, we, we, we know that, you know, fusion is a soccer organization. We know that lacrosse, field hockey are part of it. Uh, Why don't you touch on maybe some, some sports that are, uh, involved or evolving Mm -hmm. into fusion right now where there's opportunities for other sports to be a part of what we're doing here yeah great question i think that first of all i want to acknowledge that you know the addition of lacrosse and field hockey has been a process and i think we've learned very quickly that um, there are different cultures within different sports Um, we want to have one culture within fusion which we're evolving towards however um, sports are unique they have different different ways of coaching, different ways of doing things. So I think it's important that we acknowledge that and understand that. I think that it's been really fantastic adding lacrosse and, and field hockey. It's also been um, messy <laughs> at times. And uh, and things haven't worked exactly as we expected, right? And so I want to I want to be You mean transparent. We, we couldn't anticipate this COVID thing? <laughs> no, that, yeah, that, that, that's another thing. Right. Yes, that little, yeah. Little problem That'll blip there. for all of us. That's I guess. right, but I think you know, in terms of those sports, fit for us a lot because of logistics. That had a big part in it. Um, you play on the same fields essentially for field hockey and lacrosse. You can't swim on our soccer field, you know, so um, or you can't necessarily play basketball on our soccer field. However, as you've referenced COVID, what's happened during this time is that unfortunately a lot of youth sports organizations are struggling now. 
because of because of what's happened um, whether it's participation whether it's for financial whether it's the restrictions that are put on the sport and um, a lot of other sports associations do um, envy our model they they do come to us for advice and guidance and um, ideas um, and I love collaborating with these other groups but like you say it's created some possible opportunities moving forward. Um, I'll, you know, hopefully we'll get the chance to talk about facilities, but I will reference that we're um, a group is building an indoor sports facility right next to BBNT Sports Park with basketball courts and volleyball courts, and um, that is not ours. But there certainly could be an opportunity in the future to manage sports like basketball and volleyball, other indoor sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've we've recently gotten into seven v seven flag football, uh, which really came together in only a several weeks when it, it appeared that the football fall football high school season would be canceled. And we've been able to offer an alternative to that that's in a, in a safer environment. And so um, we're excited about the future of that because it is a uh, it's probably a fa- the fastest growing or fastest forming program we've ever had. And got some great people involved in that. So you know, though again, those are um, I don't know. I don't want to rule out other things, but at the end of the day, we want to do it really well. So um, I don't just want to say we're going to add this, we're going to add that. Right. But if it gives, gives kids an opportunity to experience sport um, and the all of the good things that come from that, then and we can help. I don't see why we wouldn't be a part of those. Yeah. Well, that's good. We've talked about, um, obviously, a couple of references to COVID. We're, we're in the midst of that from an organization, mm-hmm. just like uh, our families are dealing with this on a very personal level, uh, financial, health-wise, work-wise. So um, let's just talk a little bit about some of the impacts that the club has seen due to COVID mm-hmm. and how we're addressing that as a club. Sure. Any specific areas? Because there's about <laughs> ten. Yeah. So let's 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 talk first about kind of programmatically, yeah. right? So as as ultimately the organization is a is a youth sport organization where we have programs of sport or a, a sports organization. So let's talk about the impact of COVID on the programs. I think the first of all the it it abruptly ended some things. Right. Um, you know, we had spring seasons that were in progress for recreation soccer, our competitive soccer programs, um, those came to an abrupt halt in the in the spring. Uh, and it was, I think we all know, it wasn't just that it was abrupt, it was abrupt and then it was, are we coming back? Can we come back? Are we ready to go? Maybe now? Right. And it was that constant everyone was trying to move forward and not moving forward. I remember and I, I remember a conversation I had with all of the directors in the state in soccer around March 14th, 13th, 14th, when things kind of got shut down. All of the dates that we were talking about for all our possible plans, plan Z was planning for after June 1. <laughs> you know? So so at that time I remember distinctly that be, that wasn't even there's no way we won't be back by that time, right? So, so just knowing that, I think um, from a programmatic perspective, um, kind of put us on the back foot. We weren't able to prepare. We didn't know what to prepare for. So, um, you know, so from from like from last spring programming, that was a big hit. Um, it certainly affected the re-enrollment numbers. 
I think uh, whether it was people were disappointed in the way the season ended, whether whether they felt it was our fault or the fault of COVID, um, you know, people, some didn't come back. Some didn't come back because they weren't unsure of what this year would look like, which I completely empathize with. Um, I think some didn't come back perhaps due to economics. You, you referenced jobs and, and relocations and all kinds of things like that, personal struggles. I think that had a big impact and people thought, you know, can I afford to put out this discretionary income to participate for my kids to do sport or do we need to pay the bills, right? And I think that's a, that's a tough decision. Um, we were really fortunate that um, we were able to get in our summer programming, specifically on the lacrosse side. Lacrosse is very much end of spring and summer programmed. Uh, we were able to be flexible and, you know, as, as restrictions and rules sort of evolved and changed between North Carolina and Virginia and South Carolina and everyone doing things a little bit different, our, we had to sort of evolve with that, and unfortunately, our lacrosse programs were able to get in a season, which was was excellent. And I'm really thankful for our directors for being flexible. I'm thankful to the parents for being understanding. But I know it was hard, and it wasn't exactly what was expected. Um, you know, now coming into the fall, we're again we're we're limping into the fall. I think there's a lot of excitement to get going. We've got we finally have been approved for soccer to start playing games this upcoming weekend, and um, people are excited about that. But at the same time, people are still nervous and tentative. Whether you're talking about parents or players or coaches or um, our community, right? Um, but we're we're trying to operate within the guidelines that we have. And so when we look forward to just to say soccer this weekend, I'll yep. be out here. Uh, with my son and wearing a mask as a as a coach on the sideline, um, how do you how do we describe the the difference that there would have been from last year yeah. and what people will experience? I think you know obviously everybody is is on high alert right now. So because of that, um, I think that people understand that things are just going to look a little bit different. Um, now, whether everybody is understanding to that, fully understanding and, and can comply is a little bit of a different story. But, you know, we have we have put in place a, um, a return to play plan. Um, we've continually updated that information and made sure that people understand what their role is in making sure that people it's a safe environment and that we're operating within the guidelines. So, you know, we ask our players to wear masks to and from the field. Um, they don't wear them on the field um, once they get there. The coaches, we ask to wear masks. Um, we promote social distancing as much as possible on the field. But again, it is a players do run into each other. It's a contact sport, and especially as things have, as the guidelines have lessened a little bit, we can do that. Um, from a spectator standpoint um, and a parent standpoint, I think the biggest thing is, again, it's, it's really no different to everywhere else you're going right now. We ask you wear masks, you socially distance. Um, and, and quite frankly, it, as much as I know parents are really eager to get back out to finally see their kids playing again, because we all love seeing our kids play, um, you know, we are asking if maybe this time, don't bring grandma and grandpa and aunts and uncles because it's just a lot of people, right? And so you bring up this weekend, we have we have our friendlies event going on. We have the start of the recreations soccer season. Um, 
We have ECNL game. We have a number of things going on, not just at BB&T Sports Park, but also at other facilities. Right. And it's going to be our first weekend really getting into it. Um, and we'll, you know, we have we've communicated a lot. Um, we are going to try our best to enforce it. But everyone has a part to play in, in making it safe. Mm-hmm. Now, part of, um, I think our families hear about some of these, participate in some of these events, but some of what we do here at BB&T Park and other locations is we host events, mm-hmm. right? And so I can only imagine that there has been some impacts to our events mm-hmm. uh, since March of this year. Can you speak to that? Yeah, it's a it's a, a, a curse and a opportunity because um, from a curse perspective, yeah, I, I sent an email to our membership back in end of May, early June to explain the the impact, the financial impact of losing events. We had we had several um, events with USU Soccer and ECNL and um, US Club Soccer and um, as well as our own tournaments right. that everything was canceled from March all the way till now. Right. And so uh, that had a, a significant financial impact on our organization. Um, I don't want to under undermine even the significant impact impact that has had on our community hotels and businesses that rely on us bringing people in from outside of our community to then spend money um it's significant and um it's it's hurt a lot of a lot of groups not just not just us um the sort of the the blessing or the opportunity that's come from that is that there's kind of a backlog now (laughs) There's a lot of events that still want to right. go on, um, and we're very fortunate to have BBNT Sports Park and Bryan Park. We have two fantastic facilities in a great location, um, you know, that is that is available to so many parts of our country, you know. And I think that now we have um, we've just signed uh, ECNL Boys Nationals in June. Um, we have a women's uh, lacrosse event um, that's coming, the national event that's coming. Um, we have t- several USYS showcases, United States Youth Soccer showcases coming. Um, so, and again, all of our events that we normally host throughout the year. Um, so, those are new events. Those are huge opportunities, again, for our community. It's an opportunity for us to perhaps make up some ground lost. Um, and, you know, I think. You know the willingness to travel, the willingness to still come. There's still a desire there, not from everybody, and um, but there's still a desire, and uh, we're very fortunate to have mm-hmm. this, these locations. Among the other changes that I think um, we've been communicating about over the course of the spring and summer is there have been some staffing changes mm-hmm. uh, at Fusion, both Fusion West and Fusion East. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about? I, I know that uh, from a board perspective. We engage with you to talk through those things and to process through. All of those are difficult decisions. Yeah. Um, but why don't you talk with us a little bit about changes to staffing and uh, you know how that uh, was a result of COVID and reaction to, mm-hmm. to that, and really trying to keep the club in a healthy place. Yeah. So I think, first of all, I do believe that um, relationships and, and people are... Uh, critical to running a great organization and and because of that um, we as a staff build close relationships with one another um, which ultimately makes 
my job a lot harder when I have to make really tough decisions. Um, and you said it, um, I had to make some tough decisions about some folks that um, we weren't able to keep on our staff due to the, the financial implications of, of COVID. Um, those were not easy decisions. They were not taken lightly. Um, they were great people. Um, it just, it, just like every organization that seems that has been feeling the brunt of, of COVID, there's been personnel decisions that have had to be made. So, um, you know, again, I, um, I would also say that this gave, this also provided an opportunity for some people to reevaluate whether this is what they wanted to do with their life. Um, and so we did have some, some staff members that have been with us for a really long time who said, you know, this is my time to move on to a new career for whatever reason. Um, and, um, you know, they've been a great asset to the club and have, have had tremendous impact on many, many players and families. And for that, I'm grateful to them. Um, but again, that those are the impacts of, of, of what happens in COVID. On a positive side, um, our, our current staff or our staff that has still been in place has done an amazing job. An amazing job working through this time where there's so much uncertainty. Um, people are unsure about their jobs or unsure about their futures, unsure about what programs, are we going to have programs, but people have stuck with it and, um, you know, and have really stepped up during the challenge. And we've added some new folks. We've added, there's a lot of new faces this year. Some are new old faces that have come back to the club. Um, and just, um, I'm really excited about the, there's, there's just a new level of excitement and, um, ready to get back out there. I've heard, already heard so many great stories of the interactions between coaches and players and coaches and families, and we haven't even played much of a game yet. And they've just like one person, one coach the, described it as that first practice was literally like Christmas morning. The kids just were so excited. They're just flying around and just, he's like, it brought all of my joy back that maybe I had lost for the last four to six months or whatever it may have been. So, um, Again, you know, the staff is, is critical in, in terms of, of the experience that we're able to give to our families. And um, I'm really excited about the, the, the team we have um, right now at, at Fusion. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about uh, financial impact of COVID. And, and we've talked about player enrollment being down. We've mm -hmm. talked about programmatically being able to, having to stop spring, not being able to offer some of what, what we wanted to Talk to us a little bit about kind of the overall financial health of the club, uh, where we were in, in March and where we're looking today. Yeah, I think the, the word that, that I use now that I've, um, I've learned from really from Terry Hales, our board right. president. I mean, he's just a, a great man and a great mentor and a great, gives great guidance. He, he uses the word scaling. Um, you know, we have... I love I love growth. It's exciting to grow. It's exciting to for new opportunities and all of those things. Um, but this is a time where we're going to go. We're scaling down, and when you scale down, you have to make some tough decisions. You may not have the same level uh, revenue, but um, you also cannot have the same expenses anymore. So as we project that our revenue has lowered, we've had to lower our expenses and. Um, again, back, back to personnel is a, is a factor in that. Um, some, of our, um, some of our offerings, we've had to decide, 
hey, we may not be able to offer that. Um, some of the projects that we would typically do, um, we've had to put on hold. And I think, um, you know, that, that's been... Um, Can you give us a couple examples? Yeah, of so things? I would say that, you know, we were getting, we started from a staffing perspective. Let's go there first. We had a plan in place coming out of the winter that we were going to staff up some more. We talked about how could several levels we felt after, you know, getting feedback or assessing those programs, we needed um, either we needed more staff in those areas or we needed a different type of staff in those areas. And that's a constant evaluation. And we were ready to do some new things in those spaces. This didn't afford us the opportunity to do that yet. I feel good about what we're doing now and perhaps it led to maybe a better outcome in the end. But um, that was something I was excited about some of our potential hires because we, we really have started to get people from all over the country reaching out to come work for Fusion, which is a nice place to be. Um, so the most staffing perspective, that's one. I think um, a, a second part of that would be just from a facility perspective. Um, you know, at, at the clubs, we've we've always wanted to continue to improve our facilities. We've talked a lot about you know for the from the Twin City side and Winston Salem BB&T Park, our our different phases of our Twins Impact um, Capital campaign from several years ago. We we're getting ready to start that push for 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 phase two, and we know now it's not the time for phase two and we need to focus on on programming and people right this moment um, on the east side um, you know we, we really started those discussions about what are we going to do with the Smith complex and how do we re-turf that and um, and what can we do there we've at a, at a central in our in our triad programs we've talked a lot about a central training facility we've had a great partnership with Kernersville Y um, and several other parks to, to use their facilities but um, sure, it would be ideal to have some of those, but right now, those have dropped in priority at this moment mm -hmm. because we want to. We got to focus on the heart of what we do, which it happens on a field with a parent. Well, sorry, with a coach and a player, and that's what we're. We have had to really just narrow in our focus and scale back a little bit. Yeah, I want to transition to look forward. Yep. Right, we've been spending our time as it's really easy to do during this time of thinking about COVID impacts and what the new normal looks like mm -hmm. and kind of mourning over <laughs> loss of the old normal. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to talk about, you know, despite these challenges, mm -hmm. right, despite the challenges in staffing, despite challenges on facilities and on programs, there are some excited things that are happening around the club. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to just kind of go through because I'm not sure that, uh, that everybody knows what these positives are. And um, frankly, I think we could all use <laughs> some positivity <laughs> and like we're moving yeah. in a direction which is going to be more and, and not less healthy. Yeah. So let's just start out from, we've talked about facilities. Let's start from a facility level. Mm -hmm. um, can you share with us some, some things that are coming up that are exciting, right? Yeah, yeah, and I'll despite share. Of the, despite COVID, here are some things that we've got going on. Absolutely, so um, let's start, we'll start eastward and move to the west. So from an east perspective at Bryan Park, First of all, we're excited that we're finally able to start playing out there um, yeah. now that the now that phase 2.5 is in place. So um, encouraged about that because we definitely had a field shortage in, in the Greensboro area over the last month or two. Um, at Bryan Park, we've been really fortunate to this year be awarded a $100,000 grant from um, the 
the Visitors Bureau that's called the C-Track Grant. Uh, that $100,000 is going to be used for upgrades at the facility. We've already done a few things in terms of, um, some people may uh, value this or not, but um, the quality of our internet for filming capabilities. We had to do some trenching and things, which is super expensive, and that was able to take care of that. We're going to do some upgrades at the stadium. We're going to do some upgrades to fencing and, and um, netting, which um, if anyone who's playing out there knows, they've lost several balls in the woods right. or you know behind a field, so that's important. Um, we, uh, as you move um, as you move west, uh, we've had the opportunity at BBNT Sports Park to add um, new fencing on the end lines of the turf fields. Again, um, we actually didn't pay for that. We we're really fortunate to have um, grant money from Davie County, um, the Visitors Bureau, as well as our Bermuda Run Tourism and Development Authority, had, who have pitched in to help us get that to, again, make it a more attractive place for events. Uh, I've already mentioned the RISE facility that's going in at BBNT Sports Park. I think people will be excited to know that the uh, I-40 bridge construction, which seems like it's been going on since uh, the early 1900s, um, <laughs> is, is due to be completed in the spring of 2021, which really will help with, um, you know, first of all, repaving the road and not falling in a pothole every time you drive through. Parking. Um, parking will, will improve because of that. Um, and clearly just the overall aesthetics of the of the park as well so we're we're excited about that happening we um, we uh, worked on a project in Davie County uh, with uh, the um, Davie um, uh, Davie County and worked on a partnership where we've been able to turf the old football stadium at the old Davie High School uh, in Moxville and um, it's a great relationship where essentially uh, we are getting the opportunity, we put the field in and we're being paid back for that over the course of time. And also we get a lot of usage there and um, it's just another asset to the club. Um, and I'd be remiss to not mention some of the partnerships that we have, whether it's still with our schools that we, we work out of, as well as um, Kernersville Wise, I mentioned earlier, has been a fantastic location. We added lights and the, the grass is terrific um, and prolific park as well. And, um, you know, ironically, by not having much action for the last several months, the fields look better than ever right. <laughs> because they've gotten the necessary rest. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, that I'm really happy about some of the improvements that have been made despite the situation financially mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and programmatically. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about if there are any other program issues coming up, exciting things. You talked about 7v7 flag football as mm -hmm. being a new offering in the sport area. You know, we, I don't want to spend all of our time talking about soccer, right? We've got yeah. families here, lacrosse families, field hockey families. Um, and so uh, let's talk about some other programs yeah. and some exciting things that are happening there. I think that, um, you know, I've already, I've already talked about, like you said, soccer, lacrosse, field hockey, 77 flag, and, and there's plenty going on right now. And you can go to our website and find out exactly, you know, what's available and what we're doing. I think... Uh, it's important to talk about the the other programs that we have that are making a tremendous impact in our community. Um, and two, I want to really reference first is the NC Fusion Foundation. Um, this program is uh, led by Sari Rose, who does an unbelievable job. Um, if you followed any of our social media during um, during COVID, you saw that while many others were shut down, Sari was out impacting communities, right. um, you know, in, in terms of bringing food to families, in terms of um, finding ways to, to still engage with 
children that are perhaps high risk or perhaps um, don't get the opportunities that others may get. So um, she's just doing awesome stuff and we've got a lot of support there, but that's an area that we would love to have more people get involved in. We also probably need to do a better job of explaining what we're doing through right. that program. And uh, so, you know, I just, I recommend to anybody to connect with Sari and, and find out how you can get involved in that. The other program um, that I have to mention is, is our top soccer program. Um, top soccer is our, um, our soccer program for children with um, special needs or disabilities. And, um, and man, it, that program has evolved so much over the years, but something I think is so important about it is that, so Craig Omley, who was a former uh, board member, um, has continued to volunteer and lead that program in the West um, for developing not just, um, not just providing this opportunity for these athletes that deserve this, but also building new leaders. Um, he works a lot with our, our athletes um, our older athletes who become buddies and then lead the program. He's really facilitated, empowered um, those, and, and, and I'm so excited about yeah. what they've done, the impact they're having on the kids, but also our, the, play, you know, the players yeah. that are also getting involved. And I think um, now what's happened is um, it is growing. Um, Ashley Collier ran the program in the East, and she's done a fantastic job. And now um, they're working together where the top soccer program and the buddy system and the, and the mentors and leadership group is now um, working together with the East. And um, we're really excited about what that's, um, what's coming from that. So, um, yeah, I, again, that's something that people need to know is going on that's a, that that's, can be incredibly impactful to anyone who gets involved in it. Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about staff for a little bit. We, we, we talked a little while ago about some staff changes that, that needed to happen and did happen as a result of, of COVID and economic issues. But um, I, I want to introduce maybe some new faces mm -hmm. to our Fusion families because these folks are going to be reaching out and scheduling and coordinating. So talk about some of the new staff members or folks that have a different uh, change in role now. Yeah. So I, I think it's important to talk about first what I would call our executive team. So our executive team is made up of myself, um, Kristen Strain, who's our chief administrative officer. She's the person that most people get yeah. emails from. And trust me, she gets an email from every one of our members at some point each week. So um, she just does an incredible job uh, keeping us organized and um, just love having her on our team. Uh, Gary Gardner is our, our director of um, community relations um, and that's a very broad role he's in charge of all of our um, events and tournaments and sponsorships and fundraising and facilities it's a big role but he's got he's really built out a great team underneath of him to um, to assist him in that and do a great job and then our other is uh, Sarah Bridges um, so Sarah's our chief experience officer uh, Sarah's role has really evolved over the last several years and um, Ultimately, she is very much um, aware um, and desires to improve our program. And when we talk about experience, experience is for all stakeholders, right? It's not right. just, yes, the players are families, mind, families and yep. parents and coaches. And what are we experiencing? And is Community, it right? Community. Exactly. Is it what we say we're going to do? And she's um, heavily involved in 
in gaining feedback and working with families to understand and get perspective. And um, she's still new in this role and she's doing an incredible job and I'm just so thankful for her. Unfortunately for us, she's uh, she's gonna have her second baby soon. So uh, she'll be on maternity leave. <laughs> we'll miss you. <laughs> That's right. So hurry up, come back. Um, she's uh, been fantastic and, and um, really looking forward to that team moving us forward into the future. I think, you know, the biggest, the, the, it would take me forever to talk about all yeah. the different staff members. I think uh, I, I will just mention one in particular that um, we are extremely ecstatic about, and that's Chris Williams on our soccer side. Our new head of soccer, Chris, has been with us for over a year, um, and has just proven himself to be just a fantastic uh, human, um, a fantastic coach, um, and just I really I've enjoyed seeing him already move into this role and um, just excited about what he can do for our soccer program. Yeah. Um, as, uh, as we think about uh, this time of COVID personally, I think we can overlook um, some positives, right? Some little silver lining takeaways, whether it's mm. additional time with our family, yeah. uh, as kids are not in school, or maybe there's flexibility from a, the jobs that allows you to engage at a different level. And so I want to you know, really communicate to our families, what are some things that we think are gonna be positives, right? So these are the silver linings that came out mm -hmm. from difficult times that everyone's had to persevere that are gonna change the way we're doing things uh, on a beneficial way. Yeah, I, I think one thing would be what you mentioned, which is perspective. Yeah. I think that people have gained a new level of perspective about what's important. Perhaps it's made us spend some more time evaluating what's important um, and if and if in that in that level of importance um, sport ticks a box then you start to evaluate okay so how do I want sport to be in my life so whether that's a family or a kid or you know a player or a coach whatever it may be which I think is a good thing mm -hmm. um, it may create a thing where people say you know what I'm a this means a little bit too much for me some may say, this means a lot to me. I need to give more effort to it, right? Um, and I think that's given people an opportunity to do that. I think as a club, it's also allowed us the opportunity to say, um, due to people thinking through this more, what do we, what should we be offering? You know, um, I think what's going to happen is it's going to sort of push some of our um, where participation falls in the grand scheme of things. So where maybe, as I mentioned earlier, where there were trends where everyone was sort of pushing towards an elite level, perhaps this may push some back into an intermediate level or more in a recreation level, or maybe it spurns just more recreation in general, right? Um, I think the one, for me, the a really good thing that's come out of this is a recognition that youth sports matter. I mean, right. holy cow, I'm watching my kids. I mean, like, they missed it. They missed being with their buddies. They missed being a part of a team. They missed running around. I missed them getting their energy out, um, <laughs> you know? And so I think we all as parents have recognized that this, it does, it really does matter. So that's encouraging. It's just now an evaluation of what, what should that really be for me and my family or me as a player and what that is. So I think that's another thing. I also think that it's, it's created a, um, a perspective of, you know, the old, the adage, if you build it, they will come, right? Many facilities, even a BB&T sports park or Bryant Park, the idea was you build it and people will come to it. 
I think that as, as this has hit, we've realized that, you know what, there's a lot of communities that are not served by doing that, having that model. And I think now there's an opportunity to go into communities and, and, and reach out a little bit more um, and stop expecting everyone to just come. Mm-hmm. So what that means, how that shapes out, we will, we will see, but it is a, a renewed focus on that. Um, I think that the collaboration that has occurred, when people become um, start to get down a bit, they become a little more vulnerable. They may also be then willing to open up and collaborate and listen to ideas. And I think the collaboration, whether it's between different sports in our area, whether it's between different leaders in our area, whether it's um, the soccer directors in the state working together when before they were like, you know, fighting with each other over players and teams and all that. A lot of that just sort of, you know, popped that bubble, which has been very, um, I don't, it's been a positive. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we really, you know, I think to be proud of a club, um, fusion is at its core a collaboration between soccer clubs that used to be diametrically opposed, competing clubs in Greensboro and yep. Winston-Salem. And so uh, leadership at both clubs decided that, hey, it was time to start collaborating on soccer and then sport within the triad to be able to create the best product and the best experience for families. So um, I do want to just check in. Uh, some of our families may not understand what the fusion is, right? Ultimately, it's a joint management of the operations of what was uh, and still is Twin City Soccer Association and Greensboro United Soccer Association or GUSA. Um, but why don't you just give us a little check in about how that's going now, what, year three? Yep. Uh, in the relationship and uh, how that's really been a positive through this time. Absolutely. Yeah. I th- you know, again, like you said, and most people don't know that if Dow is feeling like one club, everyone yeah. is fusion. Um, people don't um, necessarily know that when we set this all up, we set it up as a management company of the entities. And I think the, you know, the reason that the reasons that that was done was due to timelines. Um, it was due to um, some cultural things. It was due to financial matters, a lot of different things. But uh, what's neat to see, even though it, there were a lot of difficult moments, yeah. there's been a lot of you know, you have cultural changes, you have um, financial items, you have staffing items, you have a lot of different pieces, a lot of learning that needed to be done. Um, despite that, our ultimate goal of bringing everyone together and uniting the, truly uniting the triad under uh, in, through sport has happened. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it happened for every single family or they don't, maybe not everyone feels that way, but I would say that that has happened. We have gained some efficiency, <clears throat> excuse me, we have um, been able to offer new programs. We have been able to improve the quality of our staff. Um, we have put ourselves in a, um, I don't know how else to say this, but the fact is, is had we been two separate entities going into COVID, I'm not sure financially that everyone would have survived that in terms of our organizations because of the what it did to us financially. So um, coming together definitely at least put us in a position to um, outlast this difficult mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I think maybe just two other questions and we'll wrap up our cool. time together. Um, uh, when we think about other things moving forward, what excites you? Mm. 
uh, as the executive director of Fusion. Um, I know we've covered a lot of different areas, yeah. but anything we haven't covered that's exciting to you that you want to just mention to our families? Absolutely. I, I, I think, you know, excitement is always an interesting term because um, it can be really exciting but actually not that exciting for some people, you know? I mean, it's so hard during COVID and moments of time where I think everyone goes, what am I doing? I definitely had those moments. But now looking back, even just on a short time, and we're still in it, but I see just these awesome opportunities coming for our, our, our families, our, our players and our coaches. So I think that one thing would be that, as I said earlier, I think there's been a renewed sense of importance around sport. Mm-hmm. I think what we do matters. Uh, what we say we do in terms of our mission statement, it matters. Um, and so I'm very thankful for that. And that gets me excited about um, on a daily basis, like we're impacting lives through what we do. Um, so that's one. I think that um, we've said in our vision statement that we want to be the exemplary or model club in North Carolina. Um, I am excited about the development and the improvement that has taken place, is taking place, and will continue to take place. I think we're partnering with the right people like Kevin Mincher and others that we've discussed that, that are helping us to get better. We're asking for feedback. We, we, wanna, we just want to improve. And we'll never be perfect, but we want people to look at us and say, how'd you do that? How are you guys doing that? But, but we still have to get there. It's a vision, right? Yeah. you got to get there. So this is the process of getting there. So I think I'm really excited about that. I've already mentioned the collaborative opportunities with other sports and other leaders. That That's another one. And I think the last thing is I'm just excited about our stakeholders in general. When you think about, again, we talk about Fusion Way and it being our players at the top, our parents and our coaches. Um, I really think there's an an incredible opportunity right now to improve the relationships between them and improve those individual experiences and have more focus on each one and how how integral each are Mm -hmm. to the overall club community experience. And um, by having more focus and more, I don't know, um, just understanding of how each of those are a little different but yet must work together um, is very exciting to me. Not not easy. I don't have the answers, but um, but I also I'm excited about that because that is what will end up making us an exemplary club. The experiences are what makes us exemplary. Not you know not a facility, not right. a you know that program. It's the experiences, right. and um, it's hard to replicate a brilliant experience. <laughs> Right? Many, many businesses try to do that on a daily basis and they can't, rep- they can't replicate brilliance, right? But, we, but we're gonna continue to try to do that and strive for that and so that's exciting to me. Yeah. Um, let's just wrap it up by, uh, by talking about this. Um, you know, what can we do, mm-hmm. right, as a, as a club community, right? As parents, as members, extended family, board members, uh, others in the community that interface with Fusion, what can we do to come alongside the club to help out with initiatives to support the club and what it's trying to do? Do you have some ideas for us? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I think that want to go back to our one of our core values of trust. Um, trust is hard when you don't feel informed. 
And I think one of the struggles that we've had as an organization has been the ability to keep everyone up to date, up to speed on what's going on, that decisions don't just like happen behind the curtain and, you know, we just, it all just plays out. So I think um, people being understanding of that and, um, and patient with that, but also providing us that feedback. It's helpful when people do send emails. It's not perceived to be, oh, it's just a complaining person about this again. Literally, we take it as, um, or we should take it as, hey, that's some constructive criticism. Please do it nicely, but right. but you know that those things help us improve. We may not always agree on things, but at the same time, it will help us improve and therefore help the experience. So I think providing feedback is one. Um, another is is the simple asking how you can help. You know, I mean, I think people, I think the the culture of youth sports sometimes. Um, parents are kind of held at an arm's length and that's not the environment we want we want parents to feel that they're involved in what we're doing and have an impact and input so ask um, I, I think that Sarah now in her role she wants to know how can we provide a better experience so ask that um, and the, the, the last thing I would say that you know from a board even a you know board perspective I know that there are people there are tons of people in our membership that um, have incredible um, value to bring to the organization, whether it's expertise. You know, you obviously you've brought expertise in the form of uh, being an attorney for us and helping with, with some of the different things we've worked through there. We have uh, people on our board that are on, in the financial space that have been so helpful. We have had others that have uh, been in facility space. And so um, it doesn't always mean that there has to be a, um, you have to be a board member but just reaching out and say, hey, I have some expertise in these areas if you ever need help in those spaces. I mean, we while, while we are, it seems to be a big club, we're pretty lean in terms of how we operate mm -hmm. due to being a nonprofit and the different considerations there. Um, so that help is, is tremendous. I, I, I'm, I don't wanna say, um, it was this certainly you you may have given me a great plug to say anyone who'd like to donate to the club That's can right. do so online and this isn't the right time to ask for that I think given the the COVID situation but um, I will say that we are really fortunate that we have had people that continually year after year contribute to either our financial assistance program our foundation our our facility projects there is opportunity. There's always opportunity to help. And so if there's people that are willing and able to do that because you care about and you, you, you understand and you're excited about our mission and vision, we would ask you to, to be involved in that. So um, I hope that's okay to plug that. <laughs> sure. That's right. Well, Scott, I've enjoyed the opportunity to spend some time with you. I hope the rest of uh, our viewers, the listeners, Fusion families um, enjoy this opportunity to hear what's going on with the club kind of how the club has been persevering through a very difficult time from a club and from a community and nation perspective, and just to get a little insight into who you are mm -hmm. and what kind of motivates you. So Thank appreciate you. the time. Absolutely. For more information, please visit our website, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to this podcast.